Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, the Sask Wheat Market Outlook discusses the war in Ukraine and market fallout. Protein Industries Canada continues to support research to expand the food uses of prairie grain. Real Agriculture discusses the war in Europe as well and supply chain issues around it. We have a market outlook on barley and pulse crops and the latest Saskatchewan feeder cattle market report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is having a major impact on grain markets, according to the latest outlook from Sasquatch's website. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting compiled the weekly report for the Sasquatch website. The Russians now concentrate on securing the ports like Mariupol and Odessa, stopping grain exports, decimating Ukrainian cities, and killing civilians while the West stands by and watches as Russia commits more and more atrocities. Multinational grain companies like Cargill, ADM, Viterra, Glencore, and Bayer continue to work with Russia on Russian exports. Indeed, they are faced with a huge dilemma. They have spent billions in the last decade or so to get their footholds in the Black Sea in what clearly was a high-risk, high-reward investment. There was always the threat they could run afoul of Putin's plans and potentially lose it all. Now they must face the piper, anger Putin or anger everybody else in the West. Perhaps these companies should make a decision as to who really butters their bread. But to start, here's a look at last week's futures close. May 22, Chicago winter wheat closed at 10.64, down 43 cents on the week. May 22, Kansas hardware winter wheat closed at 10.70, down 19 cents on the week. March 22, Minneapolis hot red spring wheat closed at 10.60, down 10 cents on the week. This Monday morning, wheat markets are up again, currently showing 28 to 55 cent gains with the strongest gains in Chicago. In fact, at one point in time, Chicago showed an 85 cent gain. Here's a look at the cash markets of last week. Turkey bought wheat at increased prices with the cheapest offers at around $450 US. 
potentially 550,000 tons went on to Turkey. The Philippines tendered last week for a total of 270,000 tons feed wheat for various shipments from May through October. Bangladesh is looking for 50,000 tons of optional origin milling wheat. There were three participants and offers ranging from 410 US per ton to 442 per ton. Japan's MAF is doing a 80,000 ton wheat auction for August 25 delivery. And there is Japan's regular tender for 104,000 tons of wheat from the US, Canada, and Australia. Iraq is, looking, is seeking a nominal 50,000 tons of hard wheat with the lowest offer coming from Australia at 528 per ton CNF. No purchase has yet been made to our knowledge. Weekly U.S. wheat sales at 146,000 tons for 21-22 grain was down 53% from the previous week and down from the prior four-week average as well. And there were, this was a very disappointing number to the trade. They were expecting higher sales. To continue, here's some of last week's major news in the market by wheat origin. Per usual, starting with Canada. Well, as we all know, the war in Ukraine continues to dominate any other news. The International Grains Council reduced the wheat export number for Ukraine by 3.7 million tons to 20.8 million. Russia is reportedly blocking 300 cargo ships, most of which are carrying grain, from leaving the Black Sea. So there are zero exports out of Ukraine, and exports from Russia are very limited. Canada reportedly sold a number of grain cargoes since the Russian invasion started. Most of this will be wheat as countries scramble to replace Black Sea supplies. It would be a grace, a disgrace, if the CP rail strike would impact Canada's ability to export absolutely anything, everything it can, both towards Canadian farmers selling into this void and towards buyers desperately trying to replace Black Sea grain. Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting provides the weekly market update for the Sasquatch website. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca Regina-based Protein Industries Canada has announced two new projects to develop plant-based products for the growing food market. Protein Industries Canada CEO Bill Gruel says the latest project involves the development of new oat-based food and beverage products. We announced a project that's a collaboration between Roquette Canada. Many of your listeners will know that. Uh, built a large processing facility at Portage of Prairie, Manitoba. But this is a collaboration on oat processing with a company called Oat Canada. People who shop at Loblaws might see their oat milk on the grocery store shelves. This is about developing novel oat processing technology in Canada so that hopefully we can uh, increase processing capacity here in Canada for the Canadian domestic and export markets. So how much money is this worth? What does this cost? This was about a $4 million project looking at the development of novel oat ingredients and um you know it's a it's a relatively short cycle project should be done in about a year and if the technology is successful we hope to see um well oat canada already has products on the store shelf but we would hope to see um oat uh, ingredients processed in canada in those products in the near future what kind of products 
food-wise, beverage-wise, are we talking about? So oat, um, oat protein has a lot of applications in the beverage industry. The one people would be most familiar with is it's just called oat milk. It's a substitution for, for dairy milk. So it might be for people who are lactose intolerant and can't digest milk. Use it on your cereal. You can drink it. Use it in your coffee. It's a really great substitute for dairy milk. What other projects besides the oat milk are you looking at? Yeah, uh, last week we announced a project with a company out of Alberta called More Than Protein. Uh, they're building a processing facility at Bowdoin, Alberta, and this was a large project, about $25 million total. Protein Industries Canada portion was considerably less, but the overall project is quite large. They're looking at developing novel processing technologies to, in, to create ingredients from yellow peas and lupin. So we have a number of companies in Western Canada that are already processing uh, yellow peas, but uh, this is novel processing technology that it helps to improve the functionality so that it can be used in a wide array of food products. Yeah, this is the second project that you've got, the More Than Protein Ingredients Limited out of Bowdoin, Alberta. What kind of products do you hope to see come from this project? So, so this one will we'll see yellow pea protein that can be used in alternative meat. So think of the Beyond Meat Burger or the Impossible Burger. It, it could be used in beverage products. It could be used in all types of other things that we're working on, like whole muscle cuts of plant-based meat. And we've talked about those projects in the past. And so I think this, this, this one is really aimed at improving the functionality of the plant protein so that it can be used in a, in a wide array of ingredients. It seems like Protein Industries Canada, based in Regina, has made quite an effort to try and develop alternatives to, say, meat and milk, dairy products, in, from the plant industry. Is this going to continue this kind of expansion, this effort? Yeah, we, we, we hope it will. We're actively having conversations with the government of Canada about getting uh, recapitalized and another round of funding so that we can keep making investments. You know, I think one of the things I'd like to say is that we... We're, although we're creating alternatives to meat-based products, this is really about providing, you know, consumers with choice today. And, uh, you know, the livestock industry is set to grow, and, and we've actually supported some projects with the livestock industry as well, looking at use of, you know, fiber starch and co-products for animal feed. really think there's a need for all sources of protein out there, not just plant protein. Bill Gruel is the CEO of Regina-based Protein Industries Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. All the attention right now is on Russia and Ukraine and the impacts that this has working itself back to North America. And I heard a statement this morning that uh, was really, really interesting where we talked about just in time, okay? And the world was so fascinated by just in time. Everything was worked that way. I order it, it shows up my doorstep tomorrow. Or it's something to do with the business supply chain. I order it, I, I need it, I order it, and it's there on a timely basis. And what we've learned throughout, you know, 
basically since the last two years, March, going back to, to March of 2020 when the pandemic started, and now is even escalated even more with what's happening in Ukraine. Just in time is difficult. Our reliance on just in time as consumers and business operators, it, it's, 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 it's kind of falling flat. It, it's, it's really, really challenged. And, and it makes us reconsider a little bit you know, how quickly we're moving to thinking about, instead of just in time, moving towards, I got to manage this as just in case. And the just in case part is, just in case plan A doesn't work out, what's plan B, what's plan C? I had a conversation with an ag retailer uh, yesterday, and they, and they talked about how, you know, we're at all of our outlets, we're really having to make sure that our sales representatives, when talking to the farmer, not over-promising because there's a lot of uh, unknown variables still as we're getting this close to planting and seeding. So you have to have plan A, but you also got to have B, C, D, and sometimes elemental P, as I've said before on, on this show. It does bring up thoughts and questions going forward, though, in, in some of the infrastructure requirements, even, even at the farm level. Okay, so we had we had Janice Tramberg on from Alberta Cattle Feeders Association uh, earlier this week, and you think about that in particular. So the we have issues with the drought in 2021, and that's been compounded now by the potential for CP rail strike and what that could mean for corn deliveries coming north into into the cattle feeding regions, and the fact that there's just there isn't enough feed or at least uh, feed and storage to, to really this, you know, some of this disruption to last a long time. That all makes sense. Now, if you look at it from the just-in-case scenario, you have to say, okay, does this change going forward in terms of how much storage is at a feed yard at one time? Same can be said in, say, hog operations when it comes to getting soybean meal out of the U.S., you know, will we start to see, you know, we, we used to work on so many days of, of rolled barley or rolled corn that you could, you could have on site at one time. Do we see expansion of that? An added capacity to, to bring in, you know, these just-in-case sort of, sort of measures. I think it's something we're going to think about a little bit more going forward. It, it really does kind of feel that, well, that way. Think about the manufacturing. I'm sure if you look at uh, equipment manufacturers or you look at crop production manu- manufacturers, they're all really looking at their supply chains, right? Look, think back to the bear letter that came out, that Louisiana plant that had some mechanical issues, and think about how that one plant put a shock through the marketplace. It absolutely blew things up for like two weeks as, as bear tried to figure out what does this mean for their supplies of, of, of the product. And so... You have to think going forward in this just-in-case more of an environment. We talk about A, B, C, D in terms of the plans. That's going to be the same way on the manufacturing side. Okay? If we have disruption here, we can go to there. Or we can go over here. We're going to see more of this. And that's, that's, that. when we talk about resiliency in the supply chain... I really think that's kind of what we're talking about. I, I think that word resiliency is overused way too much, but it really is moving to a just-in-case kind of supply chain 
scenario for many of us. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny today, wind south 20, gusting to 40. The high 8 degrees, the low plus 2. Thursday, increasing cloudiness. Wind south 20, gusting to 40, becoming northwest 50, gusting to 70. The high 7 tomorrow, the low minus 9. Sunny on Friday with a high of plus 1, the low minus 15. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 3, the low minus 10. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high plus 5, the low minus 5. Monday, cloudy, the high plus 4. 30% chance of evening rain showers or flurries, the low minus 6 Monday. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 7. Normal high for this date, plus 3. The normal low is minus 9. The sun rose at 6.55 this morning. It sets at 7.15 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek in the southwest corner at 16 degrees. The cold spot up north, Uranium City and Stony Rapids at plus 1. Estevan and Saskatoon both plus 6. Swift Current is 12. Weyburn 7. Yorkton is 3. Cloudy in Regina, 3 degrees, that's 37 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 24. Humidity is 72%, the barometer falling, 102.2. Cloudy in Moose Jaw, 11 degrees, winds are from the south, southwest, 28, gusting to 37. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 3, that's 37 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Peas, lentils, and barley were among the crops covered by markets farm analyst Mike Jubinville during a recent webinar. Starting with peas, he says new crop prices are coming back from a decline over the winter months. We had new crop fall delivered bids drop back to around $12 a bushel or so, but they're sort of edging back up into that $12.50, $13. And again, here with, a, with an act of God. But if we see a return to more normal production in 2022, I think peas are certainly going to have to be cheap enough a good part of the time, if not most of the time, in order to find itself into a discretionary feed choice in the offshore market. So in my view, even $13 a bushel, although that's discounted certainly from an old crop perspective, that's a high price to pay for anyone relative to using other products like uh, soy meal and such. In the meantime, Jubinville says pea sales will be restricted to the North American food market. The remaining demand that's in the marketplace is really only going to be for those select type of buyers, uh, whether it's for domestic use or that must have it for the food and industrial purposes here in North America. So 
my feeling is that $18 a bushel for yellows and $16 for greens was probably the highs of the year. That's not to say that we're going to see a significant fall off immediately, but, you know, we have seen uh, a bit of a correction here lately, but we're sort of coming back a little bit. This, this island of, of high price demand that we have here mainly, again, comes from food users in North America. And that's a small segment of the overall pea production if we would have normal production here. But because we had such constrained supplies, a bigger percentage of what we grew this year is going into those marketplaces that can and, and will pay these elevated prices. From peas to lentils, Jubinville says very low Canadian lentil stocks are affecting new crop pricing. We've heard new crop prices uh, getting high about uh, reds for about 34 cents or so. My target was 35 cents, and that's probably something I'm thinking about to, to get started when I'm thinking about new crop this year. New crop, large greens, 39.40 cents on number ones, uh, 37 cents or so on number twos. I can't be trend bearish just yet from a new crop perspective, but I'm reflective of that two-year cyclical that I think has kind of run its course. So I'm, I'm trying to keep mindful of that as well. Jubinville also talked about new crop for feed and malting barley prices. Mid sevens to $8 a bushel for feed barley. Uh, we have done at Markets Farm nothing on terms of new crop for pricing on barley, but are certainly interested in it. It's tempting, uh, but for the time being, we're watching how the offshore markets are, are developing for right now. And that includes the, the Black Sea troubles that we're seeing in the news headlines every day. Opportunities for new crop uh, malt barley, $8, $9 a bushel. And that's with an act of God. Uh, but here too, for the time being, have been in watch mode and uh, probably take advantage of something along the course of the spring. Mike Jubinville is with Markets Farm. His comments come from a webinar last week. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Feeder cattle prices were mixed across Saskatchewan during the past week. Lexi Hicks-Maxa is in the livestock development area with Saskatchewan Agriculture. This past week, ending on March 18th, our feeder steer prices were mixed across the reported weight categories when compared to the week ending March 11th. So our prices range anywhere from 243.63 per hundredweight for the three to 400 pound weight category to 180.18 per hundredweight for the 900 plus pound weight category. The largest price increase was seen in the five to 600 pound weight category with an increase of $6.12 per hundredweight to average out at 239 per hundredweight for the week. The largest price decrease was seen in the three to 400 pound weight category with a price decrease of $9.87 per hundredweight to average out the week at 243.63 per hundredweight. Moving on to the average weekly prices for the Saskatchewan feeder heifers, finishing the week on March 18th, we saw a similar mix across all of the reported weight categories when compared to the March 11th prices. Prices ranged anywhere from 201.35 per hundred weight for the 4 to 500 pound weight category to 168.10 per hundred weight for the 800 plus pound weight category. The largest price increase was seen in the 800 plus pound weight category with an increase of $4.93 per hundredweight to average out at 168.10 per hundredweight for the week. 
the largest price decline over the week was seen in the five to six hundred pound weight category with a price decrease of two dollars and forty cents per hundred weight to finish the week averaging at one ninety four per hundred weight and the price for the three to four hundred pound weight category was not available for this week and what were the factors behind these price changes well, right now, the cattle prices ending March 18th were mostly impacted by what we are seeing for feed prices, and this is strictly coming down to the availability of feed, the availability of transportation for the feed, and where it is coming from. What were marketings? Canfax reported a total of 12,347 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan this week, which is up from the 11,187 head during the week March 11th, but lower than the 15,684 head marketed during the same week in 2021. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? We saw an increase in the price for the Alberta fed steers of about $1.66 per hundredweight to average out at one sixty-three thirty-eight per hundredweight for the week ending March 18th. And similarly, we saw another small increase for the call cow market. The price for D2 slaughter cows saw a price increase of $0.52 cents per hundredweight for the week ending March 11th to finish the week off on March 18th at $94.21 per hundredweight. Similarly, we saw another increase in the D3 slaughter cows with an increase of $2.85 per hundredweight to finish the week off with $84.75 per hundredweight. Lexi Hicks-Maxa compiles the weekly feeder cattle report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for canola gained $14 at $1074.92. One red spring wheat went down $378 at $477.14. The rest were unchanged. Durham $551.16. Feed barley $362.54. Flax twelve fifty two eleven, lentils eight seventy seven fifty, oats five oh one five three, yellow peas six thirty four fifteen, feed wheat three eighty five sixty five. At Minneapolis, May spring wheat dropped seven and a half cents at ten eighty eight and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of March 22nd. Our last regular sale was on March 16th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.94 cents to $1.06. D3 cows sold from $0.80 cents to $0.90. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.60. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.35. Our last pre-sorted sale was on March 14th. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.29 and sold up to $2.48. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.04 and sold up to $2.45. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.02 and sold up to $2.26. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.05 and sold up to $2.19. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $1.92 and sold up to $2.08 and 800 to 
hundred pounds steers averaged a dollar eighty five and sold it to a dollar ninety two. Heifers were twenty to thirty cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold sixty seven hundred hogs Tuesday, selling a range of two hundred twenty four to two hundred thirty nine dollars per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,800 head, selling a range of 224 to $238 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are steady, selling in the range of 70 to 77 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was up three basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2588. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.67 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed midweek, with the Western Corn Belt up $1.72 U.S. 100 weight, while the national and national cutout adjusted bases are both 18 cents lower relative to the previous day. The pork cutout strengthened in the afternoon report yesterday, with all primals up from the previous day. While the cutout is off the highs that were put in four weeks ago, a continuation of the trend reversal seen this week could return the net carcass value back to the second highest level on record for the marketing week. Lean hog futures gapped up and were sharply higher at the open this morning as the risk-off sentiment in the trade has seemingly subsided for now, as all futures except for the April contract are making new contract highs. A 35-week forward contract for the April to December time period was at over $231 Canadian per CKG at the open. While the market is trading at overbought levels for the session, further upside in the present session could be limited, but the trend indeed remains higher and new highs are not out of the question in subsequent sessions. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Premier Scott Moe is promising today's provincial budget will include an increase in health care spending to deal with surgical backlogs and increase ICU capacity. He told the Saskatchewan Association of Road Municipalities Convention last week in Regina that the budget will also include funding for the recruitment and retention of health care workers. Moe also hinted that the budget will move much closer to being in balance. The provincial deficit hit a record high of $2.7 billion in November, but Saskatchewan is expected to benefit from rising oil and potash prices. When the budget for this fiscal year was presented last April, the forecast was for a deficit of $2.6 billion, and the budget not being balanced until 2026-27. The forecast was also for $14.5 billion in revenue and $17.1 billion in expenditures. 620 CKRM will have full budget coverage this afternoon following the 2 p.m. news. I'll have full details from our reporters in the field and have live reaction from key farm, business and labor representatives, as well as highlights from the Mo government and NDP opposition. Full budget coverage begins just after the 2 p.m. news on 620 CKRM. On the markets today, the TSX is down 52 points to 22,021. The Dow has fallen 342 points to 34,464. Oil has gained $4.82 at $114.09 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up eight one hundredths of a cent at 79.63 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. 
That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.